0: All right. Hi, everybody. It's RCFB Talk 104. Good morning to all of you. We're going to be talking TCU football ahead of their game with Texas Tech. It's going to be myself, Bob Hayeri, and my co-host, J.D. Moore. And we're going to be talking with former TCU kicker Jaden Oberchrome. And that's going to be fun. And I actually just, now I see everyone's in the audience. But I just wanted to thank you all for joining us. I'm sure many of you are familiar with Jaden. He was a four-year starter at TCU from 2012 to 2015, played in over 50 games for the Horned Frogs, and scored a Big 12 record, 451 points in his career. He had the most field goals made in Big 12 history, the longest field goal in TCU history against West Virginia. That was a very memorable kick. And he joined TCU, actually, as they were joining the Big 12 back in 2012. So he had a... Decided to sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars after the NFL Combine. But as that process began, when Cleveland picked him up, he decided to ask him to put him down and, and took a step back to focus on what he wanted. So at 22, he stayed in the Metroplex and started overchrome kicking to coach and train young kickers. And he's also a cancer survivor. It's amazing. So, J.D., have you had a chance to come up? Yes,
1: absolutely. Very excited to talk with Legatron, one of the greatest at TCU to ever put on those cleats and put on that jersey. Uh, He had a fantastic career, as you've already mentioned. I know a lot of people uh, hold him very fondly and dearly in TCU fandom and very excited to talk to him about against, you know, we're going to have a huge rivalry game coming up between TCU and the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So why not talk to a guy who kicked six field goals against them, participated in a game where TCU ran out of fireworks at one point got to see the Aaron Green catch in 2015 uh it's gonna be a fantastic conversation today
0: absolutely hey Jaden thanks for joining us
2: yeah thanks for having me guys it's uh hey what an introduction man It, it brought back so many memories and um it it feels like not that long ago but but um at the same time it does so man I really appreciate you guys having me and um and thank you man
0: absolutely you know just to kind of kick it off um this is the first year of Sonny Dykes running the program. What have been your initial thoughts on the new administration?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously they've uh, they've, they've done some, some unexpected uh, stuff so far, just um, based off the record. I mean, we're sitting top ten in the country undefeated. Um, uh, Dykes is a really good guy. So I met Dykes when he took the job um, actually at TCU after he left Cal um, when he was an analyst under Patterson. Uh, was the first time I met him. And then um, I was I'd go to SME practices here and there. Um, and I talked to him then. And um, and yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool to see him go from like an analyst position at TCU, you know, three, four years later. Now he's he's the head coach and just the the staff that he's acquired over there is is done a tremendous job um, and, it, and it truly shows on the field.
1: Yeah, no kidding. He's in the top 10. He's the first Big 12 coach to ever start a Big 12 career 8-0. and And, you know, I can't imagine uh, anybody at TCU hasn't been able to take a look at those rankings to see a team in the top 10, TCU clocking in at number 7 in those first college football playoff rankings. Uh, now, you as a very unique player at TCU who got to be a part of that very first playoff rankings, what are your first initial reactions to that initial ranking from TCU for right now?
2: Yeah, um, you know, a lot of the fans are pretty upset just that, that we're not ranked a little higher. Um, but, you know, for guys who have been, you know, playing college football kind of in that world, um, it's not really a big deal uh, to us at the moment just because, you know, c- college football, it's week to week. It's if we're ranked one this week and we lose this weekend, it doesn't matter. And so it's um, all the rankings are great. I think it's a good motivation and it proves hard work and it proves um, talent, like how good your team's doing. In that moment it's still week to week and so i mean it's i think it's just super important for us to buckle down and and take tech and then texas and baylor and just go through the schedule and if 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 we end up undefeated i mean they're not going to have a choice not to let us in
0: as a player how did you respond yeah how did the team respond internally to the the 2014 rankings
2: Yeah, you know, it was was a little shocking. Um, It was, uh, you know, I think, so we were ranked third, right, going into the last week of season. And uh, we played Iowa State uh, at TCU. And, um, you know, we we beat them pretty bad. I want to say we won 50 to to something, and we won by 30, 40 points. Um, And then, you know, back then, we didn't have a Big 12 championship. Um, so we were considered, um, you know, Big 12 co-champs right with Baylor, um, both having one loss. And so I think the committee just kind of got in a weird spot where if they picked one, um, you know, it would make the other team upset. And so we kind of just got, you know, pushed. both of us got pushed to the side. Um, so I'm super excited now that, that that won't happen since there is a Big 12 championship. Um, but it still was pretty shocking. And, um, you know, we ended up going to the Peach Bowl and playing Ole Miss. Um, where we won by almost 40. Um, So I think that proves how good that football team was back in 2014. Absolutely. And I think a
1: lot of people saw that team and said, you know, we wish we could have expanded the playoff beyond Ford to see what TCU could have done against some of those other teams in 2014. Because uh, especially with that Peach Bowl, I think it was a 42 to 3 victory. I'm pretty confident that, you know, uh, Bo Wallace is still having nightmares about uh, interceptions in the end zone. Uh, but uh, this year, TCU is on a tear, undefeated, and now you've got a huge rivalry game coming up against Texas Tech. Uh, with this huge game, I'm sure it's going to be a sellout crowd in Fort Worth. What historically has the Texas Tech rivalry been like for players uh, in this type of game?
2: Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, we're lucky we're playing at home this year because playing at Tech is a, is a different animal. It's uh, you almost have to protect yourself, you know, going in and out of the locker room there. So um, it's going to be nice, you know, doing that at home this year. And um, and yeah, man, it's it. Tech always seems to play good. good, um, except in 2014. I think we <laughs> I think we put 80 something on them back in 2014 um, at home. But, uh, but man, Joey McGuire's turned that program around. Um, I think out of the eight games they've played, I want to say five of the teams they played were ranked at the time. Um, so they've had a pretty tough schedule. One being NC State um, pre-conference, and it's uh I think it's going to be a battle. Um, McGuire is an, an awesome dude. I respect the mess out of him. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm happy we get to play at home this year.
1: You mentioned the ability to play at home. What was the atmosphere like when you would play on the road against Texas Tech? Because I remember the 2013 game. I think it was a fox ran on the field, and that was maybe the eighth weirdest thing that happened in that game. Uh, 2015, you had Aaron Green uh, going with that last minute touchdown to save the game. What is the atmosphere like when you have to go on the road to Texas Tech as opposed to ho- hosting them at home?
2: Yeah, it's it's not fun, you know. It's um, it you text, text a, a really fun pa- place to play if if you're the home team, but if you're the visitor team, I mean, man, it is brutal. Just the the locker room was really cramped at the time. Um, you know, fans are you know they're, they're known for throwing tortillas, but they also throw water bottles. They they're throwing batteries at us. You know, like the big D size batteries. I mean, it's you have to wear your helmet the whole game, so. Um, So yeah, you're over on the sideline trying to focus and locked in, but you're also, you know, feel like you're in a war zone out there. Um, You know, and like I said, it'd be really cool to play for Tech, but it's not very fun to play at Tech.
1: I am sure it is definitely a hostile environment in Lubbock, but I'm sure it's going to be an incredible atmosphere in Fort Worth this weekend. Uh, In some of the games that you played there, I know in 2012, you had the six field goals made and then in 2014 tcu quite literally ran out of fireworks uh when y'all put 82 on texas tech let's talk about that 2014 game for a quick second Uh, you know the offense is clicking with trayvon boykin josh doxson you're out there nailing all the kicks that you've got for the day what was that game like for you to witness
2: yeah you know it um you know back in like in 2014, I want to say it was like end of third, fourth quarter. We all just kind of looked up the, at the scoreboard. And, I mean, I don't think any of us had realized how bad it had actually got. Um, you know, our team was just – I mean, our – Boykin was just insane. I mean, he he could make something out of nothing, um, which kind of reminds me of Duggan, you know, right now, uh, the way he's playing, just, you know, how versatile he is on the ground and in the air. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean – you never want to, you know, I, you never want to put 80 points on a team. You know, I, it's it's probably not the, the most respectful thing to do. But I really just think it got out of hand. I mean, we we're putting our twos in um, and it was it was I don't think anybody expected that. But I, I really do think it just proves how good that 2014 team was, um, which would have been cool to, to go to the playoffs. But I'm glad we, we proved it against, I think, number nine Ole Miss uh, in the Peach Bowl.
1: You brought up the comparison of Max Duggan to Trayvon Boykin, and I think he's an incredible story on the national scene right now, especially given, you know, he had a couple of years as the starter, was looking to grow, was looking to develop, Uh, wasn't even the starter at the start of this season. Chandler Morris got that original start against Colorado. Uh, But now Max Duggan is looking like probably the best Heisman candidate from TCU since Trayvon Boykin. What have your impressions been of Duggan and the offense right now under Sonny Dykes?
2: Yeah, he's he's a fun player to watch. Like I said, he kind of makes nothing or kind of makes something out of nothing uh, when he's out there on the field. Um, So it's funny. So we we hosted a kicking camp at at TCU uh, this summer and my wife was there kind of helping out. And uh, as she was walking into the indoor, uh, this football player held the door open for her. And she said, man, this football player was like super big and strong. And and she ended up saying she was like, I think it was Max Duggan. And so we pulled up a picture. and She's like, yeah, it was him. And she's like, Jaden, he's a quarterback. He's huge. And, and it's so funny just, like, watching him on the field just because, I mean, I wouldn't want to tackle this guy, uh, you know, coming at me. And it's, it's so funny because, you know, that's, that's the last person on the on the offensive side of the field that, that you would think that you would be scared of. But, man, Max Duggan's a big dude. And when he starts running downhill, I think a lot of the, you know, guys in the secondary just kind of second-guess themselves uh, if they want to make that play or not.
0: Jaden, you coach young kickers now and help them get scholarships. What has that experience been like for you?
2: It's it's super rewarding. Um, you know, we have guys at, at uh, Texas. You know, I work with Griffin Kell since sophomore year of high school at TCU and um, SME. We have a lot of guys in the uh, in the Big Twelve. We have some of the Big Ten. We have some of the ACC. Um, it's just been super rewarding just, um, you know, starting these guys in eighth, ninth grade, uh, training them weekly, and then just watching them uh, sign. And then it's funny now because it's it's kind of gotten to the point. Um, we're six years in now, um, you know, driving back from training on Saturdays. You know, I'm, I'm trying to flip through all the games on my phone, um, watching all these guys kick that I train on TV. And it's, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I would just have one or two playing at a time on Saturdays, but now I, I kind of have to pick and choose who I get to watch, um, when they're playing on Saturdays. So it's, it's been a blessing. It's, it's obviously my calling and, um, man, it's, it's been really, really rewarding to watch them grow through that process.
0: Yeah. It's a, a growing group of kicking disciples. The what, what, I mean, cause obviously you enjoyed teaching, but what part of it appeals to you? I mean, I, I teach just, you know, uh, at the, at a university and, and for me, it's fascinating to understand kind of what aspects of the process appeal to someone who decides to, to follow that calling and giving others an opportunity to learn a, a trade or learn a profession. Where, where do you enjoy the, the, what aspects of the actual process
2: appeal to you most? Yeah, just, uh, there's a couple of things. So, uh, just watching them grow and get better. Um, as kickers, just, you know, having them come out for one session and then leaving better uh, you just feel like you, you help somebody kind of like having a servant's heart in a way. Um, You know, it's, it's nice too because some of these families who end up investing um, their money and their time in this process, um, it ends up paying them back, you know, 10, a hundred fold sometimes just based off the scholarship money that they get. Um, So just watching them go through that process, um, the, the lifetime impact it could have on them financially just by getting, you know, a free education somewhere. Um, and man, just discipling. I mean, it's, it's, you wouldn't imagine how many phone calls I get. I probably have two or three phone calls a day from kids and parents, um, that are going through, uh, whatever with coaches and family and thoughts in their head, just that I get to talk to and kind of disciple, um, in that way. They, they say you don't have to be in ministry to do ministry. And this is, is certainly my ministry
1: absolutely and jaden i would love to hear about some of the biggest success stories that you have had as a coach because you've mentioned guys like griffin kell who now they're playing at tcu but you've also been able to coach so many kids who are now playing division one ball uh what have been some of your best success stories as a coach yeah
2: that's a good question so uh so we actually have, we have two other coaches in here that work with me so we have antonio and Corey. Uh, so Corey works with all of our punters and Antonio just uh, joined our staff, and he works with all of our snappers. So um, they're, they're starting to get some, some really good talent uh, in the DFW area, so I just want to give them a shout-out. Um, but, man, I, so you mentioned Griffin Kell, and so I want to tell this story because it's, it's such a good one. Um, so Griffin, I started training uh, when he was about a sophomore in high school. And Griffin likes to fish and golf, and I like to fish and golf. So we, we kind of just end up hanging out more now. Um, but we still we still train whenever he has time. Um, so anyway, so Griffin, um, one of his family members had passed away. This is about two years ago. And so they were going through uh, his house, kind of cleaning out his stuff. And Griffin found a photo, um, like or a picture that he had drawn. So Griffin drew this picture when he was like six or seven years old. Um, and it was a, a picture of Griffin dressed up as a football player in a TCU uniform. And the weird thing is, is it was he was wearing number thirty nine which is his number now. And so it's, I mean, who, who would have thought that, you know, this guy who's a kid who's seven years old who just happens to draw a photo of him wearing a TCU jersey um, would come true and let it be the same number. It's not like he was number seven or number 13. I mean, 39 not, is not a very popular number. Um, so I remember when, when he sent me that picture, that really, really moved me. And it's, it's you know, just making these, these kids' dreams come true.
1: Griffin is an incredible story. And I love the fact that he's got that childhood uh, picture of him playing in a TCU jersey in number 39. He gets to do that and he gets to do it from some of your coaching as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of dreams of parents of their kids being able to go to school and get a scholarship that's been so impactful on their life. I can't imagine the kind of ministry that you've been able to do because I mean, again, the way that you said it, I think, is just absolutely the best way to approach that. Uh, the idea that you don't have to be in ministry in order to do a ministry to others. Uh, I've absolutely loved that philosophy that you have taken on.
2: Yeah, thanks. It's, uh, you know, it, it's funny because when I made that decision to, to stop kicking and to, to kind of start this stuff up, um, I, I would say 99% of the people in my life just kind of said, hey, like, like what are you doing? You know are you know just just go make your money for a couple of years and then you can do this and um you know the first year or so when I started this it was pretty rough it was you know I was living with my parents I, I didn't have any money and um, I was just trying to get it off the ground and so just to see you know what God has made this into uh you know five years later from that moment is is really just breathtaking and insane um, and now those same people in my life you know they're like wow dude you're so lucky you're you're successful and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's funny how, you know, people change and and stuff like that. But, man, it's it really is fun and it, it is a really good blessing to to be able to, to pour in these into these kids.
0: What are some of the challenges players now have when they're being recruited as opposed to when you were being recruited
2: a decade ago? Yeah. So Twitter, obviously, Twitter is a, a, a great um, marketing tool to get recruited these days, which I didn't have when I was going through it. So I was I was sending, you know, DVDs of me kicking to, to colleges. Right. Um, just so they could plug it in their computer and watch it. And so um, so now, uh, you know, you would think it's a little easier to get recruited through Twitter, um, which it definitely helps. But uh, just the market is so it's. It's just it's so big. And so, you know, you have all these college coaches with, you know, a thousand DMs that they physically can't read. They don't have the time to go through and watch the film. Um, So it's it's really hard to kind of connect with some coaches sometimes just because they're getting hit from so many different angles and so many different recruits through Twitter.
1: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think one of the things that I've always loved in our DMs are the random kids of like, hey, can you check out my huddle? Hey, can you take a look at this? And we're like, hey, man, we're just like a college football site. We're not necessarily, you know, the ones being able to deliver that to FBS coaches. But uh, I absolutely understand that uh, pressure of social media, of not just I can be on this and be recruited, but so many other people are doing that as well. Uh, What's some of the advice that you have given these young guys when they're trying to figure out social media during their recruiting process? Uh, and what do you do to make sure that they're doing their best selves on social media as well?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it just based off, you know, the angle of the, the videos we take um, the days we take them. So you don't want a ton of wind. Um, but what I tell most of the guys we train is, is man, kicking is king. And if, if you're hitting a good ball I mean, it's going to show, Um, on video it's going to show in person and so if you focus on the kicking the recruiting will come Um, a college coach is not going to you know offer a kid just because i said so um, if he's bad because his job is on the line right Um, like he has a family to provide for Uh, some of these coaches are making you know some really really good money doing this and the last thing they're going to do is just offer a kid who's not ready Um, even if it's the the best marketing kid on twitter you've ever seen if he doesn't have the talent they're not going to offer um and so we really just try to preach here just focus on uh the kicking and then the recruiting
0: oh sounds like we had a little bit of an audio hiccup there sometimes that happens because folks are using phones Jaden, i just wanted to follow up on that what was your recruiting process like because you know you arrived just as the frogs were in the big 12 what convinced you to be a horn frog
2: Yes, I mean, I'll be I'll be straight up. So uh, so I ended up winning their their kicking camp uh, the summer going into my senior year. And Coach Patterson offered me a scholarship uh, a couple of days after that. And so I remember talking to him in his office. Um, The one thing he said that really got me was he said, hey, you know about the 70-30? And I I said, I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, there's 70 percent of the university here. uh, 70 percent of them are women and 30 percent are men. And so uh, when he said that, man, I was sold. You know, I was single at the time, and I was <laughs> I was ready to go, man. Um, uh, so so yeah, it was it was a it was an easy decision after he said that.
0: You know, based on your own recruiting experience, what could I mean? Actually, I don't know if this one's even going to make sense because I was going to ask what would what have you advised some of your own? You know. Uh, kicking uh, camp people based on your own recruiting that you could do differently or you would do differently. I mean, if you could go back and restart your
2: recruiting process all over again, would
0: you do it any differently?
2: I, I wouldn't change a thing just because TCU uh, obviously was, ended up being a great fit. Um, it gave me the platform to kind of, to start everything, you know, the rest of my life has been uh, since then. And so I, I don't think I would change anything. Um, there are some kicks that I would change, you know. Going back and looking at some games, um, you know, that I would change. But, but the, as far as the recruiting process, there's, I think we did a decent job, and it, um, it really paid out in the end. Jaden, I also have to laugh a little bit because I also went to TCU and the fact
1: that uh, Coach Patterson had also said the 70-30, I mean, I can very distinctly remember uh, when I was trying to uh, figure out what college I wanted to go to and you get all the admissions mail of, you know, the brochures, the flyers, like, come to us. Uh, one of the things that I always distinctly remember from my recruiting to TCU as a student uh, was there was a postcard uh, on the front It had the official TCU, it had, I don't know, maybe like Frog Fountain or something else like that. And on the back, uh, it had a girl's handwriting, uh, specifically said the seventy thirty 30 rule. Um, and there was a little bit of lipstick that was also put on the back of that postcard. And I'll tell you, as a 17-year-old, that also motivated me pretty strongly as well. So the fact that, what?
0: you know... How? <laughs> I, I they didn't do that when I went to USC. I just got like something that was very generic. Or the UC certainly didn't send it. Like you guys, I, this is something I was totally unfamiliar with. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it works. It works. That's funny, man. It's um, I, I didn't get anything with lipstick on it, but that's really funny. So, uh, so I ended up, I ended up dating this girl uh, when I was a freshman, right, in in uh, in college, and she was a a senior in high school. Um, and so, man, I would, I would walk to class my whole college career. I would put, you know, my hands up to my eyes and just stare at the ground on my way to class. I mean, it was, um, she's, she up being, she's my wife now, so I can say that, but, um, uh, man, it's a, it, it's, it's a place where you just, you know, stare at the sidewalk as you walk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: Hey, man, uh, my wife is on this call as well. Uh, She also, you know, we also met together at TCU. So you know what? Uh, I just love the fact that, you know, TCU was somewhere that we were able to find the people that we needed for our lives. And I'm very grateful for the opportunities that came with that. And again, I just laugh at the fact that Gary Patterson had also used that as a recruiting tool. Absolutely love that story.
2: Yeah, it's um yeah, I'm sure he used it on more people than me, but that that's the one that got me
1: absolutely well Jaden I know we've got about five minutes left here to go so if you wouldn't mind I would love to go down a little bit down on Glory Road and go back through a little bit of memories Uh, one of the things that I know that had to be a significant moment for you uh, was your last college game was that wild Alamo Bowl game against Oregon down 31-0 at halftime winning that game in triple overtime I would love to hear what that perspective was like when Gary Patterson changed the shirt and changed the momentum of that
2: game, and y'all ended up winning
1: that game. What was that experience like in San Antonio?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, you couldn't ask for for a better ending, um, you know, to your college football career. It was it was breathtaking, kind of what happened at the end. Um, you know, I, I don't think we expected it. We were, um, as far as the kickers were concerned, uh, at wow. halftime, we were we weren't even in the locker room. We were just outside in the hallway eating a sandwich. Just, I mean, we thought it was over, and so. Um, I just remember, you know, going out and I think I I kicked a field goal at the beginning and um, then we scored a couple of times and I I ended up having to make one to tie it. Um, And that's when it kind of hit me like, wow, this game's getting, you know, this is crazy. And so we ended up going to overtime. Um, I think second overtime, I had a 45, 46 yarder um, to send it into a third overtime. Um, and, And every kick I've had in games, I've always gone out with like really positive thoughts. Um, doing everything I can to make that kick, um, that one was actually a little different. So I remember walking out there, um, you know, this is the last college game of my career. And the only thought I had, I was I was just thinking, like, man, all the kicks I've made, um, you know, this might be my last kick. And what if I miss this? Like, like how will people remember me, you know, if I miss this one kick, which is, is obviously not the best, uh, you know, self-talk you could have uh, going out for a field goal of, of that caliber. Um, and man, be honest with you, I hit it terrible. It just happened to go straight. And um, it, it, what a game to end on. It was, um, it was one for the books. And I want to say it's, it's one of the, the greatest comebacks um, in college football history.
1: Uh it is. I believe thirty-one points is the tie for the all-time and I think it's something like the two thousand and six, like I don't know, like the Meineke Car Care Bowl or something else like that. I'm sure it had like Minnesota, Texas Tech. It was it was other. Minnesota,
0: Texas Tech. I, I remember that because my graduate degree is from Minnesota and to go from USC to Minnesota teaches you how to be humble about sports success. Actually, you know, and, and I was going to say, Jaden, you kicked a couple. You've kicked some field goals against Minnesota yourself. So, as you know, it's it's it, it's Minnesota. It's not hard. I think you have two. I think you went two and zero against Minnesota. Am I right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I've, uh, this is funny. I actually told this story last week. So uh, we we played Minnesota our senior year um, in twenty in twenty fourteen. Uh, excuse me, in twenty fifteen uh, on the road, and so that was the first game of the season. We were ranked uh, second in the country at the time. And um, I remember going out. It was the first drive of the, of the game. So it was the first kick of the whole season. It was a 53-yard field goal. And I, I was taking my steps, and I looked up at the, the uh, scoreboard, and on the big screen they had – Uh, man what's the is it a gopher? yes they they had the
0: uh the gopher yeah or dramatic gopher
2: yes the dramatic gopher yeah
0: they (laughs) still do that I don't think they play the music because I think they get in trouble for that during a field goal but they put it on that big screen because that was that yeah that was the big game to kind of kick off that stadium
2: yes 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 yeah it was it was so it was a, a big gopher up there just making some weird noise um as I'm taking my steps and um man I hit it terrible it just happened to be straight and it went in but Um, yeah then the gopher almost got me
1: Jaden how distracting are those things whenever you go to kick because I know TCU does the hypnofrog now Uh, I don't know if they still do like those pulsating noises or anything else like that but they definitely put up the hypnofrog on the jumbotron screens when you have the dramatic gopher at Minnesota like how effective are those distractions as a kicker for you
2: you know I I really think it depends on the guy Um, for me you know I I I thought it was just more fun, I, you know, instead of trying to let it get in my head, I, I tend to just have fun with that stuff. Um, uh, most of the, the funniest interactions are on the sideline, you know, when you're, let's say it's coming down to a big kick and you're kicking in the net to get warm, um, like in an away game, you know, that crowd, you know, will say some crazy, <laughs> some really crazy stuff to you um, as you're warming up in that net. And uh, and man, most of the stuff, although people just from a distance might think that it was really terrible. Um, man, I thought it was just brutally funny, the stuff they'd say, you know, it's um, and, and it would it would motivate me, you know, because I, I love to prove people wrong. Um, and so, you know, having big kicks on the road um, with people talking to you on the sideline, it was it was a really, really fun experience.
1: Absolutely. I can imagine. And now you get to mentor all these young guys who get to go have that experience themselves. And I'm sure that is incredibly rewarding for you, Jaden. Uh, it's been about 30 minutes. Really, really appreciate your time before we go ahead and let you go. Would absolutely love to know where we can find you and what you will be doing uh, for your training in the upcoming months. Uh, if someone wants to get interested in your kicking camps and your uh, coaching, where can they find you and what can they do?
2: Yeah, so our website is uh, texaskicking.com. Uh, you can find me on uh, obviously Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook are the three main ones. Uh, just Chrome on all of those. Um, and yeah, man. So we're on Instagram, especially we're we're going to be posting a lot more content um, as far as the kicking aspect um, and as far as my faith aspect. Um, so we're gonna we're, we we kind of ramped up posting last week, and we're gonna keep that going uh, for the next couple years. So uh, so yeah, if you guys are interested, just follow us. Uh, on one of those three platforms, or TexasKicking dot com.
0: Well, thank you, Jaden. It was great talking to you this morning.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. It's uh, hopefully TCU can go nine and zero and go on to the next week. Uh, I think they're playing Texas after that. Is that right?
1: Uh, yes, they've got uh, Texas on the road in Austin uh, the week after that, and then another rivalry game against uh, Baylor following.
2: Nice. Yeah, if we can, if we can just take a week by week, man. I think we really have a chance. So, thank you guys for having me.
0: Thank you. It was good talk. I really that was that was fun. And I know JD will be thrilled if the Frogs can win out. I think it'll be interesting for all of college football. I mean, it'll the more teams that are competing, the better it is. I think just as a neutral fan in general, as far as we can get into this season. All right. Well, that's what we had for you this morning. This is RCFB Talk 104. We're talking with four year TCU starter record holder Jaden Oberchrom. And on behalf of myself, Bob Akaieri, on behalf of my co host, JD Moore. Thank you for joining us. We hope you all have a great rest of your day. Now, I'm going to hang up and listen.